Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I can guarantee you this is the laziest I have ever been while recording this intro as I am fully beached in bed with the laptop on my stomach as I just wanted to get this done tonight uh, so that I can enjoy my Wednesday, uh, watch Dynamite, and just uh, get ready to drive down to Fargo for the Time Bomb Pro Show coming up. I think there's still a few general admission tickets, so we'll grab those now uh, and be a part of a very fun show. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it was a good evening, had a hockey draft, really need Colorado to do very well again this year, and for some strange reason, I have a couple Ottawa Senators. Uh, being a Leafs fan, that's a big, big stretch for me. But this is not the hockey podcast. This is a wrestling podcast. And thank you for joining me. We're going to jump right into it. Uh, ain't no rest for the wicked. Uh, this week, joining me on the podcast, the one and only, the Ukrainian sex machine, Vinko. Now, if you are familiar with wrestling in Winnipeg, you are familiar with Vinko. Uh, Vinko has an incredible manager, has been around for many years. He shares some incredible stories. And uh, really, this goes back all the way to when he first got involved in wrestling in the uh, in the late 90s. So this goes way back when. And uh, shares some incredible stories. We talk about wrestling. We talk about all Japan wrestling and uh, just we're all over the place but it is an incredible and a fun chat and I really hope that you enjoy it as well so without further ado on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast the Ukrainian sex machine Vinko now for yourself Vinko the Ukrainian sex machine I mean since the beginning of the first time I ever saw you this over-the-top larger-than-life character I mean, how did this all come to be for yourself? Uh, the character Vinko or just... Uh, the character Vinko. Uh, I I started in 97. I was uh, called Frenchie Mitchell back then. Okay. And I took a break after, I think it was 2000. I took a break for about like a, a one and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. And someone asked me to come back. And I was like, I don't want to be Frenchie anymore. So, And I was kind of overweight. And I thought it would be funny to be like this fat, uh, like uh, kind of guy who thinks he's a sex machine, who's all mm-hmm. sweaty all the time. Whereas very like I had like really tight tennis shorts and like yeah. it was like I was trying to go for like gross out factor and stuff. And I thought it was funny at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I guess it wasn't like this is like 2003 or something like that. So I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. It's fat guy being all sweaty and then just acting like a total maniac and you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. just saying messed up stuff. So, did you ever like? Because I mean, you can't. Everyone in Winnipeg knows who Vinko is, you know, for one reason or another through wrestling. You know, like everyone, <laughs> everyone knows Vinko. Did you ever imagine that Vinko would be as popular as he was? No, no, yeah. I. I've never, like, I've never looked at myself as being, like, either successful or, like, uh, well-known or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I find it, like, because I I kind of knew at the time that I was never going to be, I was never going to make it. I was never going to be famous kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Just because at that time, like, their managers were not, they're being phased out for valets. And that's yeah. when, like, all your turkey bowl matches and gravy, bikini shit and all that stuff was becoming more prevalent or whatever. I knew I wasn't going to make it. So I wanted to make it fun for myself more than anything. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm happy that people like kind of liked it and like enjoyed it and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. I know. I, I, yeah, I thought it was, <laughs> I thought I was just going to be, you know, like just a, I don't know, a slob on the, to help <laughs> someone out kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, what was like, I, I always like to ask, 
because everyone started at a different point for getting into wrestling. What mm-hmm. was your entry point for it? Like just watching wrestling? Yeah, just as a fan. Okay, when I was a kid, and this is going to age me or whatever, uh, the AWA was like a territory of, uh, like Winnipeg was a territory for the AWA back in the day, right? So they used to always come. So when I started watching wrestling, it was like Mad Dog Vachon, Baron Von Raschke, the Road Warriors, Nick Bockwinkle, all that stuff. And to me, it was like, these are like real life superheroes. And I was a super big and I still sort of am like a comic book mark or whatever. Eh? Mm-hmm. So it was like, this is like, it, it like totally kind of like captivated me with like all these, the crusher coming with a beer keg and like a cigar and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And Jesse Ventura and like Adrian Adon, like all that stuff. Eh? It was like, yeah, that was like, so I was hooked. And then I remember when I was going to watch the AWA, it was on a Sunday and it was on channel five. And that was the first time WWF, like, aired a program mm-hmm. and they showed like uh jimmy superfly snooker and i was just like oh my god yeah then i was like totally 100 percent like into it where i wanted to join this i wanted to be a part of this and all that kind of stuff even as a kid mm-hmm. did were you ever able to go because you mentioned awa like being up here and i know they ran here regularly did you ever get to go check out a show no no because my dad hated wrestling okay <laughs> he did take me to the wwf when i was here okay like when i was a kid but yeah. awa yeah we never went i'll uh i will always give my dad credit for sitting through a four-hour superstars taping back in the early 90s when he hated wrestling and yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he toughed it out that's awesome yeah man <laughs> <laughs> did did your fandom stay all throughout or did it waver at points uh no I I was I was hooked like yeah. from that point on and stuff like that and plus I like I don't I don't think everybody realized how big of a a wrestling town Winnipeg was mm-hmm. especially in the eighties because the amount of wrestling that we were getting like we had AWA WWF we had NWA which would show like all its like kind of satellite like Georgia and Florida they would yeah. show like matches from that and stuff like that. And then there was the UWF, which was my jam. That was like my favorite stuff with like One Man Gang and Dr. Death Steve Williams and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there was the local stuff. Uh, oh, not the, yeah, the local stuff, WFWA. And that's like, you know, Puppy Dog Peliquin, Chi Chi Cruz, who is my hero. And I, yeah, like, yeah, I, I want to talk about him a little bit later also. But, by all means. Uh, what's that? I said, by all means. Uh, yeah. I guess, yeah, yeah. For Winnipeg, WFWA was my, that's what I first remember about Winnipeg wrestling, like for the local stuff, yeah, which I know yeah. like eventually became IWA and yeah. such and such. But I, I remember WFWA Sundays on, it was either Channel 5 or Channel 8 showing mm-hmm. it there. And I think Stampede was before that. It was like a two hour block. Yeah. yeah so Yes. Yes. Yeah. We had Stampede also. Yeah. We had, uh, there was also International, which was from Montreal with like Rocky De La Serra and like, uh, like, I don't know if you you remember that at all, but it was like, uh, I don't remember that back in the day. Yeah. But yeah. I, like, cause I know Montreal did have such a huge wrestling, it, like that's a scene. wrestling town on its own. Yeah. Wrestling scene. Oh yeah, for sure, man. And it, it yeah. sometimes gets forgotten with Canadian wrestling because of how much of Stampede we are. That yeah. you, you almost forget about the East Coast with like Grand Prix and then everything going on. Yeah, back. yeah, like Nova Scotia and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah, man, like th- there's stuff that yeah nobody knows about, and but they have such a rich history, like especially Montreal. Like, geez, mm-hmm. that's been around. My dad would talk about because my dad was uh, born and raised in Montreal. Okay, he used to talk about Legs Langevin and like Edward Carpentier and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff because that was wrestling to him, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was Yvonne Robert and all that kind of stuff. A few months ago, I had the chance to talk to Jacques Rougeau on here. And oh, no way. Yeah, it was just by a whim. Like I had reached out, we went back and forth, and he was able to find some time. And when I was researching to talk to him, like going in and reading, you know, like about the Rougeaus against the Garvins and all of their yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. you know, like it was, yeah. it was almost like encapsulating, like you wanted to, you, after reading, you wished you were there to see the feud. Yeah. 
because apparently that was like red hot like mm -hmm. that was just yeah oh man yeah yeah so you you hear about stuff like that and i think you know like stampede was great and it's being able to remember it and everything but mm. i think sometimes it gets forgotten like what manitoba's contributed what quebec's contributed all of yeah. that so. yeah absolutely even bc like bc's got like history like mm -hmm. crazy man like it's crazy man yeah yeah like, that entire pacific northwest like i encourage anyone listening like go in and read up about some of the history there because you will like you'll be like captivated just by what you find out yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a good resource for that is uh, Vance Nevada, and apparently he just put out a book. Mm -hmm. I have I haven't gotten it yet, and it, and I and I owe him money too, and I feel bad. He said, just buy the book. I haven't done it yet. I will, Vance. I promise you, <laughs> I will get this book. But I'm plugging I, you right now. Hopefully, that'll get you some sales. <laughs> I, that's one I've been meaning to check out because the amount of work and effort that he put into that book, the, oh, the yeah. most recent one, is something else. Yeah, well, he's like, even when I first broke in, he was like compiling just like, like matches, like from like obscure arenas in Manitoba and like, like his, his, like, he's a true historian, like a wrestling Canadian history historian, like mm -hmm. absolutely like, like he, he's been doing that even back then, like since 97, he's probably been doing that even before that, right? Like, mm -hmm. I don't even know when Vance broke in, but uh yeah, man. Like he he's a resource for sure for all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned breaking in in ninety seven ish. Mm -hmm. Pardon me. What was it that like? Because you became you know. Excuse me. That's okay. I'm burping up all the pizza I just had. Um, <laughs> it's okay. What was it that kind of swung you into the direction of getting involved with wrestling? Did you ever think to be a wrestler or you were just like manager sort of uh, that was the path you wanted to take? Yeah, um, it was from watching WFWA mm -hmm. and uh, I had a chance meeting of uh, Don Callis, I guess, like or the natural when I was yeah. like 16 years old. I was taking the bus home with my friend. We stopped at the Grace Hospital. And I'm a huge wrestling mark, right? But I was like this little punk rock kid with zits and all this kind of shit. Eh? So I, we went in there and we were waiting for a transfer. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the natural. So I approached him and he was like looking at me like, like what the hell is this? But I, I was like, hey, man, I'm a huge fan. And then he like softened up. Eh? And I was like asking about training. I was like, when I'm 18, I want to, you know, I want to be a manager because I, I was a skinny kid. Mm -hmm. Like I was like. I've never been a big dude or anything like that. So, and back then, like the mindset for being a wrestler, you had to be huge because it was Vince McMahon land and all that kind of stuff, yeah. right? Just being bigger was better and all that kind of stuff. So I knew I wasn't going to be a wrestler. So I was like, but I want to be involved and I want to be a manager. I want to mm -hmm. get, but I still want to get beaten up and stuff like that. Right. So, so yeah. So I saw the natural and I asked him about the schooling and stuff and he talked about it. And it wasn't until. And like they they would have like commercials for IWA when they had IWA for like you want to be a wrestler and blah 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 and I was like oh I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this once I'm 18 I'm gonna do this right mm -hmm. but then it like disappeared and then like they weren't having any new shows that I knew of or anything I didn't even know Winnipeg had wrestling anymore at all right and mm -hmm. I saw like River City Wrestling was on BPW for a little bit so I was introduced to like Bobby J and like Caveman. Caveman Broda and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Sarge Steel. And then uh, it wasn't until I was working at Palliser Furniture and the guy said, hey, man, there's wrestling at Chalmers Community Center. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, man, it's like every Thursday you should go. It's like it's, it's hilarious and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I got to go. Mm -hmm. So I went and the first thing I saw was Caveman Broda beating the piss out of Wildman Furpo. And I was like. I'm sold. I gotta join this. <laughs> I I I asked to talk to uh, whoever I needed to talk to, and I was introduced to uh, uh, Ernie Todd. Mm -hmm. And I said I want to be a manager, and uh, yeah, the rest of these. He gave me the price. He told me all the stuff. They beat the piss out of me, and all that stuff. And yeah, from there. So, so I joined. You've got your start then, basically with Ernie Todd and. What promotion? And CWF. CWF. Yeah, Canadian okay. Wrestling Federation. Okay. 
I know eventually they had like a partnership with NWA, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I was there for that. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, I mean, you've been able to see like the progression of promotions all through Winnipeg then from like. Yeah, from, from the late 90s. Yeah. And yeah, there's been a, a lot of a lot of places coming, a lot of places going, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And yeah, I've, I've been a part of a lot of them. Not Not all of them, but I've been a part of a few. But uh, yeah. Was there any that really stood out to you that you really enjoyed being a part of in those early years? Uh, the CWF was really good when I first started out. Uh, there was kind of an exodus of the younger guys who, because Ernie Todd's kind of (laughs) an abrasive dude. He doesn't really have, he didn't really have any kind of, uh, real, um, people skills. Mm -hmm. So he pissed off a lot of dudes, especially the younger guys. So, uh, when I joined and I was excited because Chi Chi Cruz was a part of it. And I was just like, I'm going to get to, you know, hang out with this guy and like Ryan, bad boy, Ryan Jewett, one of the guys that trained me, him and uh, Bob Collins were there. And I was like, all these guys that I've, I've known about and I saw on TV because uh, Ryan Jewell was like a, a, a jobber for uh, AWA and stuff like that. And then he okay. was like WFWA and I was like, big honor to be trained by him. He was, he beat the shit out of me, but yeah, he taught me good. But anyways, uh, so I was like, so a lot of those younger guys left and uh they didn't have like the roster that they had. They had like Bobby J left. I think Vance left Vance Nevada, uh, Robbie Royce, like a bunch of guys left. Eh? So mm-hmm. it was a lot of like the older guys that were left behind. And it was like Wildman Furpo, Caveman Broda, Bobby Collins. Um, they brought Mike Stone in. Who's okay. he's a vet. Like he's, he, yeah. It, I wish somebody could like, like talk to him and get him to talk about his career. Cause he went to like Mexico and Puerto Rico and stuff like that. Funny. Him I, and Rick Patterson. I, yeah. I, I'm going to interrupt you only because this is sort of relevant was um, Mike Stone. My mom actually worked with him at Safeway. No way. Yeah. 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 So like, cause she, I remember she came home one day. Oh, there's this guy that works. I work with, he's a wrestler. And I'm thinking like, this is the coolest thing, you know, like even though, it wasn't like, you know, it was WWF or anything, but, you know, still being a wrestler. And then not too long ago, I was reading up on him because I, we were just kind of talking about things and I brought that up. And mm-hmm. after I started looking into it, seeing that he tagged with uh, Rick in Mexico and then I reached yeah. out and I started asking him about it and he told me this incredible story about it. Like, what oh, you talk to him I, I, uh, just over uh, Instagram. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So I asked and I said, well, you know, what was that like? You know, and I told him the backstory and he's like, oh, it was great. You know, I think they were wrestling in Georgia one night for in front of like 40 people. And then the next night it was in front of 10,000 people in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So sorry, <laughs> sorry to interrupt. I just didn't want to. No, lose no, that no, no. Thought. That's awesome. Yeah. Because during that time too, because of that exodus or whatever. I want to tell you the Leatherface story. Uh, so, yeah. So we had like, um, it was Bad Boy Brian Jewell was bringing in all these guys that were kind of not really wrestling anymore locally mm. and stuff. So they, he brought in like Mike Stone, uh, Sarge Steele, who was Man Mountain Mike in AWA. Okay. And uh, uh, Warren, Warren the, uh, the Outpatient, uh, Dr. Doom, Doug McCall, and... Uh, he was bringing in Patterson when Patterson would come from Japan when he was doing like the IWA Leatherface gimmick and all the death matches and stuff. Eh? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you. So they, they brought him in and I remember I didn't know they were bringing him in and I like, I don't drive. I've never driven. I'm just, I, I haven't like an aversion to cars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I was busting to Chalmers for, for the match and I was a referee at the time. And I remember it was round, the bus was rounding the corner on the corner of where Chalmers meets. It's kind of like a four way. Mm-hmm. Leatherface was on the corner, no cars around or anything. It was on the corner doing his like chainsaw dance <laughs> in the middle, in the middle of nowhere, like, like on the street with his mm-hmm. full Leatherface gimmick and all that stuff. And I was like, what the, f- what is this, man? <laughs> and I'm like, like, I'm just joining this, right? Yeah. So like, I'm not, 
like what's going on so we went in and someone's like hey man we're i think it was uh i think it was mike someone's like hey were you on the like on the boulevard like with your chainsaw he's like yeah man i'm trying to drum up some uh some customers (laughs) (laughs) i was sold there too man i was like huh and he's such a nice guy Mm -hmm. rick patterson holy mackerel i remember we had a show i'm sorry i'm like getting veering off topics it's it's all good but i remember um there was when i first trained there was like four of like four or five of us like who were brand new eh? there was like me uh mentalo uh this uh darren dalton darren the bomb dalton and uh oh man uh anthony bueno and it was uh anthony anthony bueno was like this big uh filipino guy and uh he had like a big afro it, such an awesome guy. He became like really big in the punk rock scene. He was in this band called the Squareheads. Okay. But he was like kind of uh infamous sort of in that circle that he was a wrestler and he was crazy and he used to do all these like sick bumps and stuff like that. But he was a huge deathmatch mark. And him and Mentlo were the ones that actually introduced me to a lot of like Japanese wrestling tapes and stuff and tape training and all that kind of stuff, right? So, anyways, so uh we had a show at Staggerly Inns. It used to be like uh it was before like the Tijuana Yacht Club was the Tijuana Yacht Club. Okay. So it was like some sh- crummy like Western bar or whatever. But we had a show there and uh, me and Anthony met up and we uh, went there early and Patterson was there and we sat with Patterson and he told us like Japanese stories for like a good hour. Like he was talking about Tiger Jeet Singh and like he was talking about like Terry Funk and he was talking about all that stuff, man. It was like. And where our, our, our eyes were just like, you know, twinkling, like, just like, oh, did you meet this guy or mm-hmm. did you meet this guy? And it was like, oh, it was beautiful. It was one of the best, best uh, experiences of my life was uh, talking to Rick Patterson. He's someone that like I reached out to to see if he would have interest in coming on. But he he really didn't. But he was more than happy to like just share stories while I just talking back and forth through like texting and stuff. So I'm yeah. like thankful for that just because like. Yeah. He's been a part of so much that he's seen everything, you know, but he can just drop little nuggets every once in a while. And the pictures he posts are unbelievable. Yes. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. And I I had the honor of actually managing him once. Yeah. And when at that Stagger Lee in show or whatever. So Mm -hmm. like that's that's probably one of my proudest moments in professional wrestling was got to uh, manage Leatherface from uh, for one night. Well, I mean, you've like had quite the like, uh, I don't want to say roster, but like the people that you've been able to corner and manage. I mean, it's some of the top names that have come through Winnipeg wrestling. Yeah, truth. Yeah, I was I was lucky. I was lucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, do you find that when you were, you know, partnered up with someone, did you almost tailor it for the person you were with or did you find that you had sort of had like a routine and you would just kind of tweak it as need be? No. uh, See, uh, this is my philosophy on, on, on managing. It's uh, I am not the show. I am a sprig of parsley on the plate of the main dish. Right. Mm -hmm. So my guy, whatever his flavor is, like if he's a steak or whatever it is, I do have to like make it geared towards him, Mm -hmm. get him over. Like, obviously I got to put myself over initially so that, they can the, the crowd will either hate me or whatever just trust what i say kind of thing yeah but what i yeah everything is like tailored towards the guy i'm getting this guy over this is this is my job i'm there to put this guy over as like the best thing or whatever whatever his gimmick was or whatever right so mm-hmm. yeah i because i know like you're i think you're the first manager that i've spoken with on here and oh. one of the things with i know i found with tag team like like you know, tag team wrestlers, or if, you know, it's one half of a tag team. They always talk about how they like tag team wrestling because it's more paintbrushes to do like a canvas, you know, you have more right. input, more of that. Do you feel the same way with managing that you, although it's not in the same uh, dynamic as tag team, you can still kind of fine tune a few things? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'd say so. Um, like, I, I feel honored 
whenever like I'm a part of a match that uh, the guys in the match will actually come to me and ask my opinion or, or do you have an idea and stuff like that? eh? Mm -hmm. Like it's uh, yeah. Like, yeah, I like being involved and and I, I, I hope my suggestions and stuff will actually kind of like bring it, you know, you know, it, it, it more, more full or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like I, because again, like I, I am just kind of like, uh, like an ornament on a tree. I'm mm -hmm. not the tree. Right. So like anything that I do should not like kind of, uh, supersede anything between the, those two. Right. Yeah. Like there's been times where I've like suggested maybe just bump me and get me out of the match altogether. So you guys can concentrate on the match. Mm -hmm. It was actually, I did that with, uh, Mike angels, uh, wrestled Samoa Joe. I was okay. like, look, man, Samoa Joe's like, he's a name. He's, you know, just bump me, get me out of there. There should be no distractions from that match. Just get mm -hmm. me out. Right. And, and I think that worked a lot better. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's, yeah. Like, yeah, like I'm a small piece, but hopefully yeah. my little piece will kind of help somehow. <laughs> was that with PCW? It was, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because it was, uh, yeah, like uh, Andrew Shalkas was bringing in a lot of, a lot of names at that time, especially from like uh, TNA mm -hmm. and uh, Ring of Honor and stuff like that. Like Chris Saban, we had uh, Christopher Daniels. Yeah, I think amazing. AJ Red. Sanchez, or AJ Styles, AJ Sanchez, AJ Styles. <laughs> They yeah, brought AJ, into AJ Sanchez too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, AJ Styles, Amazing Red, and you know all those yeah. sort of guys. You know, yeah, really right. uh, focusing on like you'll see like promotions they'll bring in. You know, whether it's older, you know, WWF, WWE star sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But like you know, PCW was good for kind of finding like the next wave, like guys that you were going to be seeing. That's right. Yeah, and plus at that time, like I think there was a shift from like the old way that wrestling you have to be big and jacked and all that kind of stuff to that more kind of like high flying style i guess mm -hmm. more technical style and i'll tell you something uh the person that needs the most credit for that like I, like i'll give all the credit in the world to to andrew for doing that because like that was a good move because it was mm -hmm. giving us an identity and stuff like that but the person that really kind of like trailblazed that kind of style was mentalo man Mm -hmm. like he 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 brought that style to winnipeg like he he was like a big japanese and mexican like like lucha libre mark and stuff like that he brought that style to winnipeg man like mm -hmm. i give he kind of revolutionized winnipeg in a way he was before that See, right it, that's i think we're very fortunate fortunate enough to get that sort of influence in the scene here because if without that you could be going through I don't want to say go through the motions, but the progression could have been delayed hugely because of that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you, you kind of, yeah, you just keep to that, the same old tropes, the same old kind of way of doing stuff. And it's like, it's stale. Like mm -hmm. it, you need something new. Like you have, and plus you have to have, like, kind of like work out a different identity from like what's being presented from like, you know, mainstream wrestling. We're yeah. indie stuff. We got to show, you know, something new, something different, something fresh. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's like, if you, if you just do like a WWE, especially back then WWF style match, it's like, okay, <laughs> what's but, next? Right? Yeah, exactly. You want to be like with so many entertainment options out there, you have to have something that'll differentiate, but also captivate the audiences because, mm -hmm. you know, Okay, say a ticket's fifteen dollars. Well, that fifteen dollars could be spent on anything else if you don't grab their attention with something, whether it's you know, yeah. uh, faster-paced wrestling or innovative characters or whatever it might be. Just being mm -hmm. able to bring those fans in. Yeah, absolutely. And I mm -hmm. think that's like, uh, and, and this is a good thing. It's like uh, kind of the rise of uh, more like like deathmatch wrestling. Sort of, it's almost like in a renaissance because it was kind of dead for a while. Yeah, but they brought it like czw kind of killed it for a while there. <laughs> but now it's like it's coming back and it's like they're kind of doing it right like you know time bombs doing their stuff with yeah. you know no ring and all that kind of stuff like just just south of the border there with mm -hmm. mr mr morris in there and it's yeah. like yeah it's like it's yeah you have to bring something that you know they're not offering a, mm -hmm. you know up top with those 
the fat cats up there. I was always amazed, like, because I think it was the late 90s. WWF started showing clips of uh, Mick Foley doing the King of the Death Match tournament. You'd see the mm-hmm. very short clip on their TV. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give props to my good friend, uh, Doug Hops, who he, I think he had the tape. He had bought it off like a, one of those tape trading, trape, tape trading sites, you know, so he yeah. had that. That was like the introduction to Deathmatch Wrestling. But like you said, it disappeared for so long. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. They, they like CZW like yeah it like it kind of killed it like and i remember they were like they had uh like it's like weed whackers and shit but then they'd start like pouring like mustard on cuts and stuff like that mm-hmm. you ever see that stuff i, I think it's on the internet it's the dumbest shit i've ever seen <laughs> or, like, or like like lemon juice i'll squeeze lemon juice and cuts and stuff and it's just like this is dumb this is yeah. really dumb but yeah like but everything like I, I guess it's the same you know it's like fashion right it's like everything kind of waxes and wanes and comes back and all that kind yeah. of stuff so it's it's coming back and yeah but yeah it was dead there for a while but it, that king of the death match tournament tape mm-hmm. that's like oh my god like that changed a lot of dudes like that was going around that was like the holy bible of tapes man it was just like yeah, have you seen this have you seen this and it was like that influenced so many different guys man like that yeah and to think that was like mid 90s i think it was yeah Yeah, and some of the stuff they're doing would have been like it it was way before it's time way before yeah well japan man japan's always had like the tip back then right like 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 even now it still seems that you know being almost ahead of everything else with like you look at you know new japan with their super juniors division you know like some of the wrestling mm-hmm. coming out of there how it's influenced here even um with what like stardom's doing with the the wrestlers over there like yeah. how, yeah, the, how joshi, you know. yeah, the joshi wrestling over yeah. there so it's almost like they're just one step ahead of what is going on in north america and the rest of the world and, and they kind of always have have been like i remember the, the king of the deathmatch tournament was uh being circulated and in mentalo was kind of uh he, he he was the king of tapes and i think he's still the king of tapes or whatever mm-hmm. but he used to get so much stuff and he would like give you like a, a tape full of like all the best like new japan juniors like that's where like the juniors kind of style kind of came from like that was kind of like it was like the the mid 90s like jushin thunder lag or uh, Takaiwa, Sh- Shinjiro Tani, and like, uh, like, uh, Kanemoto, all that stuff, Dr. Wagner Jr., and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, like, yeah, it was so much ahead of its time. And, like, a lot of guys, like, borrowed, borrowed, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not gonna say steal, but like, like, they, they pattern their styles after that. And, yeah. and the same thing, in the same vein as, like, uh, like the all Japan heavyweights, like, like, the best stuff was like, New Japan Juniors, there was the All Japan Heavyweights, like, you know, like Kobashi and Kawada and, you know, like all those Masawa and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, Vader beating the shit out of, you know, dudes and whatnot. And then it was like your, 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 your heart, like hardcore, I guess. Jeez, uh, my phone's going off. Sorry, man. That's all good. The, the hardcore stuff is like, you know, your, that IWA stuff. And I remember getting a lot of like FMW matches with like uh, Onina and stuff like yeah. that. Like, He's having like jungle death matches with Tiger Jeet Singh, who is one of my heroes. Also, uh, uh, I'm a big Tiger Jeet Singh fan. Who, uh, who had a documentary? I don't know. If, did you ever see that documentary, Tiger Jeet Singh? I didn't. I had heard about it, but I never saw it. Find it, man, because that like that changed. Like we never got. I'm sorry, I'm going on a t- uh, another <laughs> tangent here. There was like no Japanese wrestling in Winnipeg, right? The only mm-hmm. Japanese wrestling I saw was on WFWA when they're showing like the Chris Jericho, Ultimo Dragon, yep. Dr. Way, uh, Dr. Luther stuff where he's like, there was like a, a drought of blood in pro wrestling from like the early 90s until like ECW's influence kind of brought it back or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there was a drought and uh seeing dr wag or geez, i keep, keep wanting to call him dr wagner jr dr luther and they showed clips of him in these like no robe barbed wire matches and stuff and he's just bl- pissing blood out of his face it's just caked all over and it was like dr luther's kind of like within 
our our kind of uh, wrestling scene or whatever, he's kind of a legend, right? Like, oh yeah, to us, like hardcore legend dude, right? Mm-hmm. But that was the only thing that like you saw of Japan, and, and then they showed that Tiger Jeet Singh documentary where it's showing him beating up like cameramen and like fans and stuff like that. He's got like that rapier sword, and he's like yeah. whipping it at them. And I think that 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 documentary should be on YouTube. I would imagine. If you uh, I'll take a look out, for that because that sounds awesome. like it's worth a watch. Oh yeah, Tiger Jeet Singh, like he's wild, man. Like it's just he's wild and mm-hmm. like. Oh, I'm I'm a huge, huge, huge Tiger Jeet Singh fan. Well, like, was Tiger Ali Singh his son? He was. Yeah. yeah okay. But <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he wasn't. He was no. He was not his father. No, because I remember he was. He got brought into WWF, and I think he trained. He had done some training with uh, the Hearts, if I'm not mistaken, yes. in Calgary. Yeah, that's great. But it never had the same um, impact as his dad. No, he was too good looking to be crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like Tiger Jeet Singh was crazy. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh my God. So yeah, he, he was kind of doomed from the start, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be your dad unless you're sticking like, you know, nails in people's foreheads and shit. You're, you're not, you're not going anywhere. And when he kind of checked in, like being in North America at that time, that wasn't really the scene, you know, like unless... Mm-hmm. Because even when ECW came around, like they were doing some more violent stuff, but it wasn't to that point. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, you had mentioned tape trading. I remember the first time I got an ECW tape was Living Dangerously '99. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. high school in high school, he recorded. He's like, "You gotta check this out." I went home, put it on. I watched Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn have this incredible match, and I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, they had a great series of matches." Man, blown yeah. away. It was so good. Mm-hmm. The best, the best, I think, um, in, in the tape trading circle and stuff, I don't know if it's like common knowledge now, but like the best series of matches ever was uh, Dynamite Kid and Tiger Tiger Mask. Mm-hmm. But I would say like uh, the second best or tied, I don't know, was Tajiri and Super Crazy. Yes. Their series of matches. Holy shit, man. I can watch that forever, man. I got to meet Super Crazy. Uh, I actually marked, I don't mark out for names and stuff, but I did mark out for super crazy. <laughs> was that at the WrestleMax show? Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Curtis brought him in. So it was like, yeah. Oh, and yeah, I, I didn't get to see the, the mental match or whatever. Were you there for that? I wasn't. Um, for oh, the longest good. time, I like, I kind of, if I didn't have someone to go with to a show, I just would not go, you know, like I didn't yeah, I feel it. comfortable yeah, yeah. enough. And then, I was like, man, I'm missing out on so much. And then I just, I was like, ah, I'm just going to buy tickets. And I just start started going to shows by myself, you know, because like so many people were coming through Winnipeg and I was like, I wish I could see them and I'm missing out on all this. So now I just, if I really want, I just buy the ticket and go. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm kind of the same way. Even, even though like I know dudes, like I got the, I missed seeing Kamala when they brought him in. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to meet Kamala. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> I should have went. I should have went by myself, but it, no, you know, I get it. I get that. It's tough because, like, it's uh, definitely a comfort level. Like, you want to be able, like, you don't want to go there and like feel out of place. You want to be comfortable in your own skin there. So, of course, it took, yeah. it took a lot for myself just to be to get to that point. Yeah, all good. It's good. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Girl. like marking out. You marked out with super crazy, and I find like. If I'm a part of a show, I just I keep it so straight laced. But as soon as I go to a show and I'm a fan, I'm the biggest mark there is. Of course, like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to that time bomb show in a few weeks, and I'm like, "Filthy Tom Lawler's going to be there." Well, we're going to become oh, no best way. friends, so just wait. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, man, he's doing a lot of good stuff, man. He's he doing a lot is. of good stuff with Time Bomb, man. It's I'm I'm happy for him because he's a super nice dude. Like, yeah, I've only had like sporadic kind of conversations with him and stuff but mm-hmm. no, i'm uh, happy for him eric is doing a fantastic job down there and he's definitely someone that i'm very proud to call a friend just like just been such a big influence on myself doing this so uh big mm. props to him cool cool yeah, yeah um you mentioned chichi cruz and i'm gonna yeah. ask about that now okay good <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your relationship and just like what he's meant to you in wrestling. Okay. I'm so my, my, I'm getting tingles in my, my head here. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Chi Cruz. I remember, I just want to say straight up. 
the best name in professional wrestling history. I will argue that with anybody. Chi Chi Cruz. Come on, man. It's like mm-hmm. the best name ever, man. <laughs> but anyways, anyways. So I, yeah, I just remember him from like WFWA. Mm-hmm. I think I may have seen him on a stampede uh, show a long time ago. I think when like Carrie Pitbull Brown was there. Okay. I think I could be wrong. But anyways, so like I was like Chi Chi Cruz, like I know he's local and I, I mark out more for like local guys that like puppy dog Peliquin, like I'm when I saw him, like I, I mark out and it's, and if I mark out, like I, I can't be around them kind of shit. Eh? Okay. So anyways, yeah, like I get really, really nervous and stuff. But anyways, so yeah, I remember, uh, yeah, when I was going to join CWF, he, I, him being there, it was like, I got to join this. Like, I, I yeah, like you said, I'm going to be best friends with Chichi Cruz. Man. <laughs> so anyways, so he, he winded up, I think he was going to Memphis at the time, uh, Bobby Bolton. So he wasn't around anymore. So I mm-hmm. didn't get to see him or whatever. So when uh, PCW, uh, like Mentolo helped me get into PCW, uh, he was there. And uh, yeah, I marked out so much. I couldn't introduce myself. I just kind of like stayed away from him. Mm-hmm. And he probably thought I was the biggest prick, <laughs> but I was so, I couldn't, I couldn't introduce myself to him. Cause he's like, he, he's my hero. Like mm-hmm. he's one of my heroes, like in, in professional wrestling or whatever. And it took, and then he, he wanted up leaving and uh, didn't see him for years. And then I, rem- uh, we'd see, he'd show up at like some PCW shows and we got to like, I got to drink with him and stuff. And we talked about, the differences between Aquaman and Submariner and stuff like that. Mm. And really cool dude. And yeah, I was happy that I could get over that nervousness to like drink with the guy. Right. So yeah. it's like, yeah. So, but it like initially it was like, he probably hated me. Like, that's what I thought. I was just like, Oh man, I can't even talk to this guy. And that's when, uh, what's her name? Sarah stock. Yeah. Sarah stock was there at the same time or whatever. That's before she went to Mexico. Mm-hmm. But I just remember that distinctly. But yeah, but like Chi Chi Cruz to me, like it's one of the guys like there's a bunch of guys in Winnipeg that I think uh, should have made it, mm-hmm. like should have gotten more of a shot, should have like like uh, like Chi Chi, uh, bad boy Brian Jewell, I think should have got uh, more more of a chance, I guess, like Mentolo, I think Mentolo should be in like ADW or should be in like more doing more tours in Japan and stuff like yeah. that. Like there's tons of guys like Wave will start. Like there's like, he's not from Manitoba, but like other guys in Canada that I yeah. think should have got like more of a chance. And like, I don't understand why they didn't, but Chi crew is like one of the biggest ones for me. It's you almost wonder if there wasn't such like a distance between all the towns in Canada, you know, like, because if you're going to go to Alberta, you almost have to do like a loop of shows like Edmonton, Calgary, Red Deer all in a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Almost if, you know, it was more closer quarter, some of these guys might be getting more recognition and getting more eyes on them. And then maybe it might've led to more. Absolutely. Yeah. I I think that is a, yeah. Cause Winnipeg's so bloody big. And it's so, yeah, man, it's so much distance between like all the big towns and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. think you're right. Because there's like, I don't want to say a handful because it's even more than that. There's so many wrestlers in Canada that should have more eyes on them that they do right now. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Hey, even managers, Thaddeus Archer, man, out in Alberta. Like there's, yeah, there's tons of like. One of my favorite wrestlers, Canadian wrestlers of all, like right now and of all time, is probably Cannonball Kelly. Yeah, like I'm like uh, him and Johnny Two Fingers. Like I'm a huge fan, and and, like there's guys in Regina that like there's tons of dudes there, and like Alberta. It's like I don't think rest like wrestling has ever had such a presence than it has now, and I guess social media has a lot to do with it. But it's Mm -hmm. like. There's so many dudes across Canada, man. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's the distance. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Because, yeah, Cannonball Kelly's out in Saskatchewan, correct? Yeah, Regina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I think the first time I saw you, and I could be blending this in with another match, but I want to say it was at a PCW show, and you were managing Team Flex Appeal, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Mick so, Sugar and uh, Michael Allen Richard Clark. Yes. Yeah, yeah, man. Those are those are fun dudes, man. Fun dudes. That was the first time I saw you, and like when you're not expecting it, and you come out just guns a blazing, it like I was <laughs> grinning ear to ear. It was fantastic. Oh shoot! Okay, I'm glad <laughs> you liked it. <laughs> that was like 2016, I want to say. So that was a yeah. few years back. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, those those are those are again, yeah, two two guys that like man, there should be more eyes, especially like no offense, Mick Sugar, but like uh like uh Michael Allen Jesus, I wish he had a shorter name though. <laughs> Michael Allen Richard Clark. Man, he man, he, he's he wants it, man, and he's mm-hmm. and he's good. Like he's he's such a talented guy. Like mm-hmm. oh and Sean Sean oh. Sean Moore. What's that? Sean Moore. Yes. Oh my yes. god. Yeah, he's in Mexico right now. I think he's back, but he just he's finished back. a tour okay. down there. He Good for uh, him. Yeah. recently wrestled for WrestleCore out in BC, if I'm not mistaken. And uh he's been doing just his regular stuff throughout the prairies. So but he's he's one of the most talented wrestlers in North America without a doubt. Hands down, man. Hands mm-hmm. down. Yeah, man. It, see, we're like we're probably forgetting a whole bunch of dudes, man, because there's a lot. Yeah. There is a lot. Yeah. And it's no disrespect to anyone. It's just sometimes no. when you get put on the spot and you're trying to think, it's yes, you know absolutely. instead of dead air and me rambling, be like, oh, it's one of those <laughs> yes, <things."> yeah. <laughs> um, I-, I got a few more for you, and then I'll you know let you uh, enjoy your evening. Sure. Um, was there any people that you were able to work with that really you know like hold a place close to you that really stood out, and it's no disrespect to anyone it's just you know maybe there might be some you hold a little bit you know closer yeah yeah uh uh as far as like like guys i really enjoyed like working with yeah. and stuff you mean oh okay yeah. um yeah there's 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 a lot there's a lot but uh like kevy chevy man i love kevy chevy mm-hmm. he's kind of been uh he's kind of he's kind of in uh, wrestling jail right now unfortunately but mm-hmm. Uh, like that's, he's probably my best friend in wrestling, like of all time kind of thing. And, uh, working with him is so much fun. Like, I, like, I, I just enjoy it so much. He's like his sense of humor, my sense of humor kind of, I don't know. I enjoy it a lot because it's so, (laughs) so crass. And so I just, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, Mike Angels, me and Mike Angels had, uh, probably the best simpatico as far as like uh our personalities kind of like uh, elevating each other like back in pcw like that was yeah he me and him yeah it was it was it was so much fun and it just it just felt good and just natural and just flowed and mm-hmm. uh yeah man he was he was really good uh who else yeah there's a lot, man, and I'm trying to like Wildman Furpo. I'm gonna tell you Wildman Furpo story. Okay. <laughs> this is one of this is one of my favorite stories of all time. Uh, back when I first started, I was called Frenchie Mitchell, and uh, especially around that time, like '97 or whatever, everyone hated French people. So mm-hmm. like in Canada, like a large part of them did. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there was like the the, the, the referendum, Bloc Québécois, and because for some that, reason, they, I think that was around the time Quebec wanted to separate too. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was kind of fortuitous that I chose a French gimmick uh, <laughs> when I first started because <laughs> it was kind of like the heat was built in kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we went to Lockport. It was a Lockport Children's Festival, and it was in the middle of the winter time, and uh, they had these tents outside, and uh, it was snow everywhere. So inside these tents. They put like uh, uh, shaved wood or, or wood chunks or what, what would you call that? Like wood chips almost? Or Wood like chips. Yeah. Geez, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Wood <laughs> chips. We covered the floors with like wood chips so that you're not like people aren't sitting on like, you know, just, you know, pack down ice and yeah. pack down like snow and stuff like that. And they had the ring right in the middle and it was cold, but it wasn't super duper cold because they had like some kind of heat in there. But anyways, so <laughs> I was managing Wildman Purple. I'll tell you, that guy is hilarious. That guy, like, oh, my God. When I was breaking in, he used to, like, 
he used to make me almost laugh cry just tying up his boots because he was just such a character so anyway so me and him had a match and it was a dog food match which ernie todd loved having and the dog food wasn't actual dog food it was uh, refried beans. Oh. But anyways, you take the label off that. It looks like dog food. Yeah. I'm giving away secrets here, guys. <laughs> so anyways, uh, it was a dog food match between Furpo and I think it was uh, Caveman Broda. And they had the match and there was tons of kids there. And kids are easy. They're easy sell, man. They get mm -hmm. mad at you. They want, they want to try and attack you and stuff. So anyways, we were jaw jacking those kids, eh? And Furpo lost. So they open up the can of uh, dog food and he, he mush it in his face. Eh? So it's like yeah. it was all matted in his beard. It yeah. was like chunks hanging off his face or whatever. So we left in shame, right? But we had to come out later to uh, do a, a run-in for another match, right? So Because I had like a wide stable at the time. So we came out for that match and it was me and Furpo. Furpo still didn't take the dog food off his face or the <laughs> refried beans off his face. It was like just just hanging off his beard and stuff because mm -hmm. he's a professional right yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> so anyways so those kids are like saw us again they were still really mad at uh, all the jaw jacking we were getting on there so we're like waiting to do our spot where we're gonna do some we're gonna do some cheating right so all of a sudden out of nowhere a couple of kids this one kid had this like big chunk of ice and he threw it at purple and it hit him right in the balls <laughs> And he fell down into the wood chips and he's like selling, like for real, he's selling. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like looking like all shocked, like what's going on? And I just, I, the first time I ever broke character, I started laughing so hard. <laughs> and then those kids started to throw the wood chips on him and they started to bury him in the wood chips. <laughs> and he was just like a pile of wood chips. And then like all the parents and like all the, I guess, security guards had to like get the kids out of there. Yeah. So purple comes out of the wood chips and all the wood chips like stuck to the, like to the dog food hanging from his face. And like, I, I had to leave cause I was laughing so hard. I was crying. Like mm -hmm. it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And, and purple sold it like, Oh, God bless that guy. Just a professional. Yeah, was, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, he's, he, that's another guy, like, you might want to talk to because I think he's got some, uh, got some stories from, like, back when he was, like, breaking in and stuff like that. Uh, I like, cause I remember hearing the name, uh, Wildman Furple, and I, I can't remember who I asked, but I'm like, is there relation to, Pompero Furpo oh, here, or is that just strictly I'm... a name? And they're like, <laughs> just a name. I'm like, okay, just making sure. He, he just ripped it off because he have you ever seen like what he looks like yeah yeah oh man because he's got like that white hair and it's all straggly and mm -hmm. stuff like that that was our gimmick like i'd always like comb his hair for <laughs> a match and he's like don't get it tell him tell ref tell him not to get into my gorgeous hair it was it's like cheap heat like kind of stuff or whatever but it was fun it was fun really? and he had like a there was a super fan at chalmers called gracie okay it was this old lady and she was at every match and like she was super like like back in the old days when they had old ladies with canes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. She was that right. And uh, she had like a hate, a love hate relationship. I guess more of a just a hate hate relationship with purple. Mm -hmm. She anytime he would like wouldn't be a, like he'd get near her and he wasn't aware. She'd like jam that like cane like and whack him right in the ass every time, every time. That's one thing like I miss about the PCW shows because they haven't ran since the pandemic, but there was mm. always like there was a couple fans there that you would see. They were older. Surely. Be, oh, yeah. Yeah, surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah surely like, was there. I always remember her and just being right into it. And it was like that was like a staple of the PCW shows. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 regulars. Yeah. The regulars. Uh we saw you at the two uh 3d pro shows mm -hmm. are we are we going to see you again back in the ring uh, well i guess three three d is kind of kind of closed closed shop eh mm -hmm. which is that's that breaks my heart because uh like i'm getting i'm getting older man and like like i like i, I kind of wanted to uh, kind of like end up in another couple of years i was hoping it was going to go kind of a couple of years like retire through 3d yeah. Now it's just like I don't know, man. I don't mm -hmm. know who who 
unless they free uh, Chevy, man, like I, I, I don't think I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be in any other ring for, for a while anyways, mm-hmm. but who knows? You never know. Like, like I'm kind of retired now, but like, never say never, never say never. You never do because mm-hmm. I've said it before where it's like, I'm done. I, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not coming back to this and blah, 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 blah. And, but yeah, but like right now, yeah. That, yeah, that was heartbreaking for me actually. Cause yeah. Yeah, I was looking forward to that. And I, I feel bad that it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very fortunate that I was able to call those matches and also call. Hey, you did a good job, by the way. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that I could, you know, call you in the ring too. One thing that I, I don't know if anyone picked up on it, but I was always like, instead of just saying you're at a stable, I was like, he's got a harem. Cause I thought like, <laughs> I like the, that. Yeah, the yeah, sex yeah. machine having a harem was perfect. You know? <laughs> harem of fellas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of them's a stony mountain strangler. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was great. Yeah. No, that was, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. You did a great job, man. Oh, did. thanks. Mm-hmm. I hope I get the chance again, but who knows, you know, if that's all I get, then at least it was something that did, I never yeah. thought I'd get to do. So there you go. Yeah. Um, I like to ask everyone I talk to for a match recommendation, one that you've watched that you're a fan of that you think the fans or the, not the fans, the listeners should go find it on YouTube or a streaming service that they should go check out. And this could be any match, any match. Well, I my favorite wrestler of all time is Stan Hansen. Mm-hmm. I I can watch his match anytime, anywhere. Like he's my absolute favorite. Like from WCW days, from AWA days when he was the champ and all that kind of stuff. But like, uh, watch any Stan Hansen match uh, where he's fighting Kobashi. And I think uh, I can't give you a specific or whatever, but yeah, watch any of those. <laughs> you won't go wrong. You won't go wrong. They beat the piss out of each other. Like it's it's good stuff. I like a lot of the old uh, All Japan stuff. That was stuff that like I never saw back then, but now I'm able to get into and watch. So it's yeah. all brand new for me, and I love. Seeing oh. That. Good for you, man. Yeah, because oh, it, it, that era of like that to me—that's the best heavyweight wrestling that has ever been. Like mm-hmm. that's like that. I think it was like a good—I'd say probably it's probably like a good eight-year chunk of time when all those guys were like Kawada, uh, Kiritawe, and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Like, oh yeah, you got a lot of stuff to watch. A lot of good stuff to watch, man. Like if. Uh... You know, I like to sometimes find uh, downloads, I will say, of uh, <clears throat> torrents. And um, <laughs> there, some people put some great match packs together. So I'm like, mm. yeah, I see like all Japan. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to grab all that, you know, because it's stuff it. yeah, I've yeah. never seen. And there's incredible stuff on there. The yeah. all Japan men's, the all Japan women's, like. Oh, you, yes. Like, yes. If you want yeah. to see some incredible wrestling, go watch some old All Japan women stuff. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, oh, that they, oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry. I'm marking out about uh, you that's mentioning okay. that. Uh, <laughs> no, like that stuff, they work so hard, like harder than the dudes. They hit harder. Mm-hmm. They like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like Bull Nakano and like, like, oh, my God. Yeah, I can so get, I can guarantee that you can go back watch some of those matches and you will see moves that you still haven't seen today. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. done by anyone else, they're like the innovators and the only ones to do some of this stuff. Oh, absolutely, man! Mm-hmm. Absolutely, even some Gaia. There's like some good Gaia out there if you can find that. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a defunct Joshi uh, promotion or whatever. I, mm-hmm. I had I had a bunch of that on uh, DVD or whatever burnt. <laughs> Not burnt. Yeah, burnt on DVD. <laughs> uh, for people listening, if they're not following you on social media and that, where can they find you? If you have anything to plug whatsoever. I have nothing to plug. Okay. I, I'm on Instagram. Uh, the Vinko, T-H-E-E-V-I-N-K-O. I'm on Twitter. The Vinko. I think that's about it. (laughs) I'm I'm technologically uh, stunted. Like I don't, (laughs) I don't understand technology. I kind of, I kind of don't like it. So 
yeah, like I have a hard time with it. So I, I'm not on it a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an age thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Vinko, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, we had a good talk, I think. Thank you so much to Vinko for joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Honestly, it was a blast and an absolute pleasure to have him join me and uh, just talk wrestling. So thank you so much to him. Thank you to him and thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time. I will always say it. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me chat about wrestling. If it's your first time listening, you can find me on Twitter at GrainmakerPod. You can uh, shoot me a follow on there. Let's talk wrestling. That's where I'm most active. Uh, up on Instagram, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, Facebook, YouTube, up on all podcast streaming platforms, and email GrainmakerPodcast at gmail.com. And I've got some t-shirts for sale, so uh, please buy a t-shirt and help support and feed my family. Uh, they're, uh, they're, they're only 25 bucks, but you can have a fantastic Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast t-shirt. Um, yeah, they're up. Uh, I have t-shirts available in person. If you are listening in the States, maybe you can go to whatamaneuver.net, search Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast and uh, get one from there and it'll be cheaper shipping and all that. But if you're in Canada, hit me up and I'll get you one. So I think that covers everything. Thanks again for checking out the podcast and uh, we'll talk soon.